Public Radio's LossesTAVShow.com's game. You're listening to The Starting Block. Hey, welcome to The Starting Block for another week. You've got myself, Green and I'm joined by a man who is wondering why he missed out on the pivotal role is the lead singer of Sexual Chocolate. In coming to America too. Okay, Captain Damo, how are we, sir? Very good, Greeno. Good evening to you. Good evening to all the boys and girls out there on board the listenership. And as always, Greeno, the blockheads. In the millions. Tuning in right around the world. Yeah, you know what? I, I did figure it out. It's because I'm not black. Because mm. I'm not black. That, apparently Racist. they were looking. They were, yeah, because did you know now that you're only allowed to play? Like, you know, once upon a time we had these things called actors, Greeno. I don't mm. know if you're aware of this or not. Have you heard of these things? It's were- an interesting theory. Fill me in. Yeah. So, well, they used to have these things called actors. And what the actors were known for was being, you know, they're like artistic creatures. And they okay. were obviously very skilled with like empathy and things like that, where they mm. were able to portray things that they aren't in real life. Wow. Like yeah. a chameleon, if you will, sir. Yeah, I guess. Or, you know, what you might call them nowadays would be like, you know, a cultural appropriator or a racist or something like you would call them something like that. Nowadays, that's the term. But once upon mm-hmm. a time, we called them actors and they were yeah. able to, you know, they were able to portray things like, like, for example, if I'm going to fucking talk like this, I'm just going to go straight into my, you know, British. He's, he's me doing oh, a fucking Londoner, mate. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, but but now, see, that would be wrong for me to do that because once upon a time that was acting, and now it's called racism because racism, you know, yeah, because yeah, you actually need somebody who is the thing, yeah, to portray the thing. Which everything's a documentary now. Correct, exactly. Yeah, like if you if you if you need a guy to play a mechanic in a movie, you have to now get mm. a mechanic. If we're if we're doing a remake of Philadelphia. Tom Hanks now needs AIDS. He he has to die of AIDS after of AIDS. after yeah. having uh, gay sex. Gay sex, yeah. So first, we, well, I think gay sex is probably covered, but if we could just yeah. get some AIDS into Tom, yeah, and, and then you know, then we can you know that everything will come full circle. Then everything will make sense again. Yeah, so that's a, it's a new, brave new world we live in. Yeah, so that's <laughs> why uh, I I actually you know because you were talking about coming to America too. I got a message from Lady Books the other day, mm. and she's like, I've just seen the trailer. Um, it doesn't look too bad and I'm, I'm dreading and I'm like, oh, because if it's bad, it's going to ruin the first movie for me <laughs> and yeah. I don't want it to. I like the first movie. I like it. You Just say, leave it where it that. is. You say that. However, what it might do is actually increase the appreciation of the first movie. Oh. Similar to the, the remake of Willy Wonka where I like, didn't see I it. <laughs> as, as a fan, that, that probably go, is my favorite film of all time, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. The original. Right. Yeah. So when the Johnny Depp version came out, I'm a big Johnny Depp fan too. So I'm like, fucking excellent. This is gonna be amazing. And I went, and it was terrible. Uh, and it just, it just made me appreciate the original even more. Uh, the genius of Gene Wilder. So I'm thinking the same with Coming to America too. If it's a dud, it's just gonna make people appreciate the original more. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I'll resent. Eddie Murphy, if I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, you fucking, you sellout son of a bitch. Somebody drove a fucking truckload of money up to your fucking one of, one of your mansions and, like, dumped it on the front lawn and said, you know, would you be interested in making a, a made uh, coming to America too? Well, you know, if the, if the offer's right. Every man's yeah. got his price, and then I'll fucking hate the guy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> what was the last good Eddie Murphy film, though? Like, uh, let, let, I Spy. 
I Spy was good. I, spy. I watched um, Kelly uh, Rob. Kelly Rob's a fifty-seven and old baby because that's a role. That's a role that Eddie can do. Like that's a yeah. that's an Eddie Murphy. I reckon they wrote that with Eddie Murphy in mind. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know. Uh, and before with, because that, before know. before I Spy came out. Sorry, one more thing. Before yeah. I Spy came out, remember he had a run of like at least twelve or fifteen years of just fucking shit. Like everything was bad. And I Spy, I thought, like, it was a fucking funny movie. It was cheesy and funny and lighthearted and, like, easy access, which was fine. And Eddie was great in it. And so that, I think that's the last one that he was really good in. Uh, yeah, that's that's my point. So for Eddie, you got fucking nothing to lose, right? <laughs> like, sure. you haven't had a good that, – that movie was released in, like, 2000, 2001 maybe. I remember mm. seeing that on a date when I was in high school, I swear. Um, nah, it's got to be later than that. It's got to be like, I reckon I'm going to go closer to 2010. How about we look it up? All no, right. no, no. It is definitely not 2010. I did not mean, this is when me and you were hanging out. Okay. You're 2002. I was close. I said 2001. Yeah. Uh, not far off. So we're talking literally almost 20 years. Since <laughs> and this film wasn't even a hit either. No, it wasn't. Uh, it got panned. Critics music. panned it. Everybody yeah. panned it. I thought, I, I don't know. I thought it was fucking funny. It was, it was like, a very funny film. Yeah. What what ratings uh, did it have, do you reckon, on Rotten Tomatoes? Give me, give me a guesstimate of what you think. Like, So I want critics rating and audience rating. I reckon critics rating would have been about 38%, and I reckon fan rating probably about 49 Jesus, man, you've got it except backwards. So oh, really? the critics rating was 48%. And the yep. audience rating was 39%. Oh, wow. There you go. So there you go. Like, so it wasn't a fucking popular movie by anyone. Because no, no. usually what happens is the fans will be like 90% and the critics will be 20 or the critics will be 80% and the fans will be 30. You know, like yep. critics are so fucking detached from what fans actually like. On rare occasions, they match up, but not not often. But this is one of the few occasions where both the critics and the fans of I Spy said, this is fucking dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I love it. And I love it. <laughs> but this is the one we loved. It was exactly. Like- <laughs> Holy Man was hot garbage. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, absolute rank. The, the Doolittle yeah. movies were fucking hot garbage. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even really like Nutty Professor. I didn't. I thought the original, the original had some good moments. Uh, it, it had good moments when you were like twelve, though, like fart yeah. jokes and shit. Have you tried to yeah. rewatch it? It's fucking agony. Oh really? No, it's See, I'm, terrible. I'm yeah, if I'm going to watch an Eddie film, once again, I'm going back to, like, my 48 Hours Beverly Hills. Yes, I can. Oh, no, I can't do this. Yeah. Off you go. Please, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a pony. I'm a pony. Yeah. Now, that bit, when he's doing Richard Simmons, that's the only really funny part. That, that bit's movie. pretty good. The rest of it's fucking shit. Yeah, it is. Mm. It is. And uh, the mama jokes as well. No good. No, no good. good. Uh, wait, 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 what the fuck were we talking about? I don't even know. Uh, story, it's Ragu Reflections, Greeno. Ah, there we go. We need a story time, sir. Okay, it's a nice story. I like stories about pinatas. So last week's show, we we, we had the, the mad dash to the shops where yes. we had to cut the show short because we're like, well, fuck it, the Ragu's got to happen. Yep. Uh, the Ragu, we're going to haul us up before sunrise. Yep. And we're gonna we're gonna whip up a ragu. We're gonna whip up some fresh pasta, and it, it's gonna be delicious. And we're gonna put the effort in to make sure that the ladybugs is actually gonna be able to have a meal that she's not gonna have to pretend to like. Correct, because you you'd had you'd planned out. Obviously, you know you'd been scheming, you'd been plotting, and you mm. thought, well, I'm just gonna fool them. I'll go and get takeaway fish dishes and serve that shit up, 
and be like, hey, if you don't fucking like it, don't come. And I was, I had to yeah. break the news to Green on last week's show. Well, it looks like we're not coming because um, yeah. uh, the lady books doesn't enjoy seafood. Like, I've been on. trying to feed her octopus, octopus for 20 years and she won't fucking touch it. So, you know, unfortunately, it looks like, so I shamed, I basically on air, I shamed Greeno into creating something else, into, into coming up with something else. And the option was lamb ragu, which Greeno claimed is like one of his, you know, premium dishes. It's one of his signature dishes is well, the lamb ragu. It is. It's one of those ones where you're like, if you want to impress, if I was taking a lady out on a date, yeah. this is the dish. Well, not out on a date, bringing it to my house uh, behind, you know, COVID safe, of course, Damo. Of course. Uh, the wife must be out if I'm going to bring a lady over for a date. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, you want to be COVID safe because um, you never know. The risk of transmitting coronavirus when you're like, let's say you're teabagging your girlfriend on the side and the risk of serious health if your wife should come home and walk into the bedroom, you know, maybe when you chock a block up a twat. Um, you know, the, you, you never know. You can't be too safe, Greener. In fact, I would get your wife to like let you know when she's leaving work and, you know, when she's yeah. coming home and do all that kind of thing, just so you can be sure that nobody catches coronavirus. To be safe, though, probably best for, her, for the wife to be interstate. Interstate, just, yeah, because she'd be there for six months. So imagine yeah. all the pussy you could get. Just, just to be safe. <laughs> so let's say I've sent the wife to Queensland for 14 days to quarantine yeah. uh, and I'm bringing, I'm bringing a, a fresh lady in. Mm. Uh, this fresh, a fresh one. <laughs> we got a new one off the, off the shelf. Shelf uh, packaging's come off and we're good to go. Yeah. Uh this this would have been the meal I would I would cook to impress new lady. New lady, but not not current lady. Current lady, it's like, why don't you cook something, bitch? Yeah, yeah. Like, cook a meal. Help me out here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How about a couple of fucking toasted sandwiches up in here? Jesus Christ, I've been working all day. <laughs> So uh, the the uh, the preparation started uh, mid show yeah. because I had to I we had to cut the show short. Mm-hmm. I had to quickly get the the, the current wife to write the uh, <laughs> current. <laughs> are we are we expecting it to end? Yeah, uh, perhaps well, yeah. after tonight's show. Now that I've cooked that meal, I'm doing <laughs> ladies. I'm questioning. Yeah. So. <laughs> Happy anniversary it's for not, tomorrow. It's not way. you, babe. Like I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to break up with you, babe. Uh, it's more like I just want to cook more lamb ragu. So I just I'm gonna have to have all these girlfriends over. So I can... <laughs> did you say it's your anniversary tomorrow? Happy anniversary. <laughs> well done. Nice, Gary. Send the wife to Queensland. She's okay. gonna enjoy it. All right, off uh, you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, mid-show, I had to get uh, the current wife to write the list of ingredients for me. And then at, at that time, it was also it was a touchy time, Damo, because I'd had like a glass and a half of wine. Ooh. And, uh, where am I at on a, on a blood alcohol level? So then I'm checking the bottle. Yeah. I'm checking the alcohol content. I'm checking the standard drinks. Yeah. I'm doing the hours. I'm doing the math. And I'm like, okay, if I don't finish this half glass, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm good to go. And yeah, what the audience must also understand too about Greeno is uh, his frame, his po- he's built like a 14-year-old Asian boy. So, <laughs> so you know, a glass and a half of red wine will just go straight to the fucking breathalyzer on, yeah. on Greeno. Like, you know, That's 90% blood alcohol right there with exactly, my frame. Exactly. Yeah. Now, he'll, he'll eat rice all day. And, you know, he'll put you away when it comes to a rice off. But if you have a glass of wine to celebrate afterwards, he's going to be all over the place. Quick side note, I'm going to distract from a story, tell a different story. Okay. Uh, so yesterday, I'll, hang on, I'll close that story. I like stories about pinatas. And we'll reopen a side story. 
So like, this is a side oh, story. Stories like, about pinatas. Like we're on a motorbike, but we've got a side carriage. We're jumping in the side carriage for a moment. So who's uh, who's driving the bike then? Uh automated. Oh wow! Big, so this could end up in fucking tragedy, driving off a cliff or something. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it could be. All but right. we'll deal with it. We'll risk it. Uh, yesterday, uh, need to find something for lunch because I'm working from home, man. Coming up with a new meal every day when you work from home, bit of a pain in the ass because yeah. I got to eat. I got to eat nice. Yeah. So modern we, we modern made, day problems right there. You know, there's life, there's man. not enough variety in my working from home fucking lunch menu. I <laughs> mixed up. Uh, so uh, I found. Can I, like, can I just interrupt your story? I like stories about pinatas. I'm going to open up my own stories about pinatas. You know, sound. So now uh, we've got a saddle. <laughs> we got back a, of the yes. motorbike. That's right. Next to the side carriage. No, I reckon I reckon we've got the motorbike and then we jumped in the side saddle and now we're towing a little trailer behind the side <laughs> saddle. Excellent. And we're now both sitting in the trailer. So right. uh, you know, your your problems are, you know, um, I don't have enough fucking variety in my lunch menus because I'm working from home. This is a true story. You know, People always say, Greener, how how long have you heard for me and you like, oh, you guys are the same, you're like twin brothers? But that's not really true. We've always pushed back against that. And be like, no, 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 there's a lot of differences about us, but it's just like we know each other really well. That's the difference, you know? But hmm. we we actually disagree on quite a bit, but we just know each other. So, yeah. so here's the thing. Like, so you, do you know what I do? My dinner menus when I get home from work in the morning, like usually about, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning lately, um, mm-hmm. what I do is or like on a Sunday night, I'll cook, like I'll get like really thinly cut round steaks or something like beef yep. steaks. And like I get a big fucking bag of potatoes and a big bag of broccoli. And I like just pre-cook the broccoli, pre-cook the potatoes boiled. I mm-hmm. pre-cook the steaks. And then that's my dinner for a week. So when I come home from work, I grab a steak. I grab a scoop of broccoli. I grab a scoop of potatoes. I put it in the microwave and I eat. And that's my dinner for like five days in a row. <laughs> and, you, and here you are. And here you are. Here you are, modern day problems. It's like, you know, I was sitting here contemplating while I'm working from home. You know, I really need more variety in my lunch menus from day to day. I like <laughs> stories about pinatas. That's a little side. That's breaking the fourth wall, Greeno. Closing that story, reopening right. my story. Open which the is the- I like stories <laughs> about <laughs> pinatas. Okay, so we're back in the sidecar now. Back in the sidecar now. Uh, actually, sorry, can you pause that? Because I, yes. I like <laughs> stories about pinatas. I need to retort to that comment. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's not just a lunch, man. I, I, that sounds like uh, the idea of uh, if you were going to put me into like a medieval tra- torture, yes. making me eat the same meal five days in a row yeah. would be it. Forget <laughs> Chinese torture. That would fucking do me. If you, because I like I write. I wrote a meal plan at the like start of each week to do groceries. Yeah. I don't I don't cook the same meal for dinner for like three months straight. <laughs> well, see that's but that's when I'm working, like because I just want to get home and smash down a, a meal and then, you know, go to bed or whatever. Yeah, so, so, you can Whereas me, I've got a couple of hours where yeah. I'm like, I got to cook. On the so, week oh. on the weekend, I'll cook all weekend, you know? Yeah. And like like do long, slow cooked meals and stuff, but you fucking you you start work at like five o'clock in the afternoon and trudge home at five o'clock in the morning. And then, yeah, you know, man. you're like, you're just, I just want to fill up a bowl and just whack it in the microwave for three minutes, eat it in 20, and then fucking, all right, go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, pass on that. Yeah. Uh, so we, we're, we're reopening the story again now. All right. So this we're back on the bike. Now. I like stories no, about pinatas. 
Oh, we're back in the sidecar again. Okay, good. Sidecar. So uh, realized that, yeah, need some lunch variety. And I, I looked in the freezer and it made, like, we'd made some spring rolls, like mm. homemade fresh spring rolls. And there was like the, the wife had put them into like a couple of different containers. And I'm yeah. looking, going, all right, well, oh, it's lunch, a bit package, blah, blah, blah. And I just decided to defrost all the containers ah. and whack them in, whack them in the, the deep fryer. Okay. And so the wife's like, I'm like, oh, do you want some for lunch? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, you can have enough. I'm like, look, I put it all on for me, but I can whip up something to the side. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Gary. <laughs> Oh, and like you, you've made this amazing three Michelin star fucking dish, and your wife's like, mm, "That smells good," and you're like, "Yeah, doesn't it?" So what are you having? Yeah. <laughs> so what are you having? Like Vegemite on toast or something? You gonna have like ham and cheese on toast? Yeah, whipped up a nice little like a uh, sweet like, sweet and sour sauce, and whipped up a fresh one as well. It was fucking, it was pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, she comes out and she's like, "Are those all the spring rolls?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like. They were meant to be four, like three separate meals. Oh, and she's oh. Like, she's like, hang on, were you going to eat all those for lunch? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the, the spring rolls. Like, I need a dozen. To well, be yeah, because spring rolls are never supposed to be like a main meal. They're supposed right. to be just fucking finger food. They're hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. For a meal, I need like a dozen, right? And she looks <laughs> no, 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 like, no, 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 not for a meal you need a dozen. You're not supposed to think of them as a meal. They're only supposed to, that's the that's the point she's making. It's like no no you don't you don't have a fucking tray of entrees for dinner. You know? <laughs> I've gone to restaurants before where I've looked at the main meal menu, gone yeah nothing there, but I've seen like six amazing entrees. I'm like fuck it, bring me four of them. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why it's a, you think you think every restaurant is tapas, don't you? <laughs> I fucking tapas all day yeah. um, nice. if I could. No, uh, anyway, moral of the story, apparently I'm a big fat pig because I want to eat 12 spring rolls for lunch. It's like, and you were complaining about sharing. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, now I'm going to fucking cook some other things to go with my six spring rolls I'm going to eat. <laughs> I like stories about pinatas. <laughs> now we're back on the motorbike. <laughs> okay, so we're out of the sidecar, back in the motorbike. All right. <laughs> if, you, if you manage to bring this back, I'll have to end yeah. the show. It's all <laughs> good. Okay, okay, that's it. <laughs> So the ragu. So the <laughs> done the grocery shop on the Friday night. Yeah. I've ducked out straight after the show. I've got the ingredients, but good to go. Uh-huh. Then I've had to do the math of like, okay, well, uh, boogie and lady boogie are coming over for twelve. Mm. So we need to be eating by twelve thirty one o'clock. Yeah, which means I need to be up at five a.m. because it's a six and a half hour slow cook. Yeah. And, then and I, I think I, we ended up eating at like two o'clock anyway, <laughs> but that yeah, was our fault because we got there late. So that's no, good. But then I forgot about I, like it was six and a half hours cooking time. Then I forgot about oh shit, hang on, I forgot about all the prep work you got to do before you whack it in. Ah, shit, an hour. So it was a pr- like the, it was uh, pitch black. It worked out well. The the wife was annoyed because I'm up fucking frying, I'm cooking, I'm yes. chopping. I'm- but, but can I ask, because I'm the one who told you, like, that's one of my favourite things to do is, like, get up with the yeah. sun and start the cook for the day, you know, um, especially like a spit roast or a fucking slow cook outside or something. That's just the ultimate with that fresh air outside. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do this. 5 a.m. is just amazing whilst oh, doing that. fucking amazing. So I was the one who encouraged you into this. Now, your wife was angry. Now, did you enjoy the experience, though? Uh, let, let's put the sleep deprivation to one side. Yeah. Fucking, I love it. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I'm, playing, 
I, I love it. Two kids, and I never get the house kind of a peaceful early morning. Yep. So to be up, no one awake, uh, frying up, seeing the sunrise, cup of coffee, amazing. Yep. Step one done, ragu done. Ragu then done. It was, then it was pasta time. So we're, we're making the pasta. We're putting it together. We're providing updates on Twitter, and everyone's loving it. Everyone's like, "Man, this motherfucker well, actually made this shit." Well, speaking of that, Greeno, how about we do this? Okay, so talk us through this step. Where are we in the process here? This is dough made. Now I had to do a double batch, so this is double the arm work. So okay. I'm like, "Well, I've got two options here. I can just double the mixture and risk it being shit, or do two batches of a single mixture where you have to do the work twice." Right. I went the latter. Because I didn't want to fuck it up. Because the pressure was on. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a meal in front of uh, my new lady. I gotta make sure that it's <laughs> in front of my oar. I gotta make sure the pasta is good. So this is this is the rollout. This is now the resting phase. Right. Pre kind of yeah uh, rollout. But you so don't you some- don't proof it like a cake. You don't put it no, in no, a no. you don't put it in a bowl in a drawer somewhere. No, you no, gotta this- separate this shit out. This is just allowing it after kneading for 10 minutes just to kind of settle and relax because if you, you try and roll it out after it's just been kneaded, it's going to be all stringy. Did you, hand, is, did you hand knead or did you use like a mixer? Hand kneaded. That's what I'm saying. This was all hand kneaded so, and double batch as well. So we, we're good to go. So then we move to the rollout phase. Yep. They're looking beautiful. They're looking delicious. Now, you They're used looking- a pasta roller for this, though, didn't you? I do have a pasta maker for this. This is not kind of uh, yeah, rolling pin or anything like that. Well, because can, uh, I, can I ask? Sorry to interrupt the story. Just going to interrupt. I like stories me. about pinatas. And reintroduce another story. I like story. stories about pinatas. By the way, you know on this soundboard how it keeps track of each time you press a button, it keeps a number in the top yeah, right hand yeah. corner? We've now hit the story time 12 times, by the way. Um, already, yeah, already. <laughs> so, nice. uh, so this is another. So we're back in the sidecar now. We're yep. back in the sidecar. So, um, I was talking with the wife earlier, and you know, tomorrow I've got plans. Like after I do my show, the Daily Boogs, uh, from ten a.m. to midday local time, six p.m. to eight p.m. Uh, US in East Coast time. Fucking I'm fucking, I'll get you. You squeeze a plug in whenever you fucking can, Greeno. You've been on radio long enough to know that, sir. Um, so well you know, what, so, that, sorry, I missed that. It cut out. <laughs> so I was uh, talking with the wife earlier and I'm like, you know what? After I do my show tomorrow, I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going to do a nice dinner. I'm going to, you know, think of a nice dinner. And I said to her, look, it's going to, it's going to have to be pasta time. Cause you know, I love my pastas greener and it's pasta been, bread. that's your forte. It is. And it's been like three weeks since I've done like a nice good pasta sauce and I'm starting to get that urge again. So I'm yeah. like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll do a ravioli tomorrow. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, I'm down. And I said, maybe I'll make the fucking ravioli myself. And then it was like the dun, dun, dun moment, you know, in a horror movie. And I said, well, you know, she said, are you going to go out and buy a pasta maker? And I said, no, I'm going to do it by hand. And she gave me that look where it's like, um, you know, when somebody, when somebody says like, it's okay, we can make this jump. You know, yeah. in an action movie, and then somebody looks at him like, mm, are "You fucking serious? Are you kidding yeah. me? You think you're gonna make that job? Uh That's the kind of look she gave me. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it tomorrow. I'm gonna do handmade ravioli. And I said, "Yeah," because that'll be part of the charm, like the imperfections that come with not doing it with a machine. Because I feel like before, because I think I will get a pasta maker based on this experience that we had with the ragu. 
Yeah. I think I will, but I think I need to do, I th- uh, for some reason, there's something in me that says you need to do a tour of duty first. You need to try and make it by hand first before you fucking go straight to the pastor, mate. You know, at least once, try it once by All hand. Right, dude. Can you, uh, you know can me? Because you, you know me. One, to get me back in the trailer? I will. One more I thing. Like one stories more thing, about pinatas. Because you know me, when I make like my breads and, and pretzels and shit, it's all by hand. I don't have mixes or anything. So like, I'm kind of like a little bit of a traditionalist when like I want to enjoy the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's what I was thinking. But pasta might be a different fucking school entirely because I've never different made family. my own pasta, believe it or not. So there you go. Spot on. So uh, in the trailer now, reason I bought a pasta maker was because the first one I did was by hand with a rolling pin and was fucking terrible. Really? Really. Why? What's, why, how, why, what was wrong with it though? To give me some pointers. Uh, it was, it was uneven. Uh, so you had, you know, varying levels of thickness. And when you cook it, you got one bit that's, that's overcooked, one bit's undercooked. It just doesn't give you that consistency of thickness when you do when you put it in the water. Right. So you were having all, it was gluggy. It was just, it was no good. Uh, pasta maker all the way. Um, well, not okay. pasta maker, it's a rolling, a rolling machine. If yeah. You so every sheet um, comes out the same. Yeah, exactly. You've got consistent thickness. And that way, when you, you whack it in the boiling hot water, it's all cooked consistently throughout. Right. Uh, close the, what, what story are we back to? We're back to the side. So I make, like stories about pinatas. Story about making that tomorrow. Yeah. So now we need to close that one back off, back on the motorbike. Okay. I like stories about pinatas. So we've done the rollout. Now we've got to cut it. Now we've got two options here, Damo. Uh, we're doing a ragu. So what would you, we're thinking thickness, right? Yeah. We could go a fettuccine cut, or we could go a pappardelle cut. Well, I'm thinking yeah. I don't. I see. I don't. I'm not so good with the terms, like the names of the different pastas. Um, mm. I, I was talking to Jim Enward earlier, and he said, um, "Isn't uh, pappardelle an egg pasta?" And I said. I think it's the. I think the the name of pastas like refer to the shapes of the shapes. This is correct, right? So and so, I would be thinking that for if something's like very meaty and very saucy, like even like bordering on French style of like meatiness and sauciness. You know how they love to fucking pack it in. You know, I would be thinking that like a pasta with like a really big surface area would be best to soak up like the the right amount of sauce and stuff. Spot on. Right. So the pappardelle was the going. Now the thing is, I don't have a pappardelle attachment. Okay. So it's then the pressure was on because it's all cut by hand, and well, I got to make sure each thickness is pretty consistent. Other guy, otherwise you can have the exact same issue with that that cooking consistency. Right. Then you've got one thin bit, which is going to cook a little bit quicker compared to the thick, the wider bit, which is not going to cook as much. Yeah. This is the end result. Turned out all right. No, it was very good. And um, I went up, of course, straight away because I'm a good guest. I went straight up to these bowls that were resting and, like, just dug my hand in and started feeling the pasta, <laughs> you know, like, oh, let's have a look at this. And um, I'm like, oh, it's nice and dry. So I asked to, you know, a lot of people, um, they cover their pasta, I've noticed, before they cut it with flour. Yeah. You know, and like, and I said, so, oh, so do you cover it before? And you're like, no, no, you cut it first, throw it in the bowl, then add the flour, and then I'll fucking toss it all around in there. Mm, spot on. Critical step. You, critical step because you need the pasta to dry out first before you put flour. Mm. If you add flour, it's going to over dry it. Right. So you're gonna it and then first. it gets all gluggy and shit again. Gluggy and shitty again. So uh, then the review comes out and this shit was falling off the bone. It, it seemed pretty good. Well, uh, let's, let's watch the video. Yeah. That's a ragu. 
Look at this, falling off the bone. Look at this. It's better than dirty old fish and chips, Greta. <laughs> and it was better than dirty old fish and chips. The dirty old fish and chips. Uh, so there's the ragu falling off the bone, uh, which which brings us to the all important. I just looking at that actually, it, it made me think we were talking about the early rise for the the cook and whatnot. Mm. Um, it made me feel like a nonna. Uh, you know, oh, oh yeah, little grandma preparing the meal the day before kind of yeah. thing. Italian grandmothers they will rise every every day to start preparing meals for the day ahead. Oh yeah. And, and doing that with like with the putting the meat on, putting the sauce on, doing the parcel, and I, I felt like an Italian nonna at, at five thirty in the morning, whipping up a bit of a meal for lunch. Fucking oath! That's the shit too. That's what you love. And like eating it is almost like the eating it is almost the um, the anti climax of it all. Like I just love the fucking process. You know what I mean? I love that more than eating the stuff. If I could just keep making it all the time and just have a little taste and go, okay, that was good. Now let's make something else for 10 hours. You know, <laughs> like, you know I would be happy with that. <laughs> but the, so the, the meal was amazing. The food was amazing. That was my story time. So I'll leave the, the last word for you. Would, would you eat again? Would I eat again? I would definitely eat again, Greeno. I would definitely eat again. Although, you know, Although this was good and I appreciate the effort, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get stalwart fucking calamari rings. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic? Handmade with painstaking care. Put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. There's a place that we can go to watch old things. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie Campy old movies and old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Less than 3% sport content. It's the starting block. 
on TAVshow.com. Yes, welcome back to the block, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, the best way with Greeno is, of course, via the little blue bird. Follow Greeno at the starting block, one where we drop the cat at the end. Follow me at Boogie Bumper. Greeno, a topic that we've been talking about, we've been getting interested in, we've been promoting. I think it's fair to say that we've been promoting this Ooh. over the last month or two is what you know what you coined and which Ida Buttrose uh no sorry not Ida Buttrose I get all these old fucking boomer women mixed up <laughs> um Margaret Pomerantz it's yeah. a, uh, you coined you know this you know analysis of this show Margaret Pomerantz stole it from you yeah. and you know passed it off as her own of course we're talking about the the thing that's revolutionized Australian television greeno holy moly it's been a time holy moly correct sir uh unbelievable uh, we we've been through the regular season the regular season is done dusted we yeah. we talked about the big finale we talked about the highlights the lowlights yeah. how many lowlights you uh, laugh you'll show. cry yeah. this caliber you know the quality of Shervo, the quality of Rob Riggle uh, the yeah. size of Sonia Kruger's dick like we talked yeah. about it all yeah um but uh, lo and behold, they saved the best for last because they they decided to crank out a holy moly celeb edition last week. Daniel. Really, we, and we and now, now yeah yeah you have to do the context of cele- what because you know everybody I guess has their own definition of what a celebrity is. Yeah, I think yeah. you know because like if you're if let's say that you're a, you're a decent local band in Sydney, right? Mm-hmm. Like like because Greeno and I were in a band. Let's say you were like two or three levels above where we were. So we yeah. weren't known like in Sydney. We we were we played a few gigs at a few different venues, and every now and then somebody would come up and say, "Hey, man, I saw you at such and such, and you were really good." You know, and that was it. That's about yeah, as far we as like we celebrities. Got. Yeah, right. We felt big. So, but we're not celebrities, right? So I reckon like a, a Sydney band where everybody in Sydney who's in the music scene knows who you are. I reckon that's the level. It's like okay, celebrity. Like even celebrity. A local celebrity is still a celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to get it's to that better. status. So, but you now think about the context. What does celebrity mean to the producers and the writers and the people involved with Holy Moly? Well, apparently it means um, Agro, who was a puppet from a children's show in the late 80s. He's a celebrity um, yeah. still today. <laughs> um, the guy who sang, what was Joe Dolce, of course. Joe Dolce was the What's pinnacle. What's the matter, was- you? Hey, got hey. it or no respect. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so he's a celebrity as well. Who yeah. Number one signal, uh, single in what was it? 1979? 1981, yeah. 1981. 1981, Joe Dolce, number one, but shut up at your fest. Right. So in, in a number in, of different countries, mind you. Right. Well, and yeah. now consider this, though. So those are the celebrities that they bring out for, like, guest celebrity appearances yeah and that's a very small commitment on the on the part of the celebrity like you don't have yeah. to compete you don't have to jump into water you don't have to play putt nah. part you don't have to do anything you just show up tell a fuck a couple of gags and now you're gone 10 minutes later yeah. so how yeah. does explain to our audience how does the you know the people involved with holy moly how do they define a celebrity to be celebrity worthy enough to be on the celebrity version of holy moly all right, so there's 12 contestants, Damo. Twelve. I think, not, I think, I think there, there was eight of them that were all former reality show contestants, may have done a season, may have done two seasons across two different reality shows. So we're talking we're talking The Bachelor, we're talking uh, SAS Australia, oh. we're talking uh, maths, we're talking all that kind of horseshit. Now, you've got eight of those well, long hang on, hang on, before, you before you move on, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, uh, in my opinion, one-time mm. 
reality show contestant does not constitute celebrity status. In this day and age, Damo, it sure does. That's, uh, that's like winning a raffle, though. It's yeah, a, you know, <laughs> you've got to have some kind of consistent performance behind you, I think, to be called a celebrity. Otherwise, you're on, just a person who was on TV once. Yeah, they're on par with what I liken as someone who performs a set at karaoke where they're not booed off the stage. <laughs> that rare. That's, there's always one guy at karaoke night who can actually yeah. sing, and everybody and goes, like, "Oh, okay, you know, good. Yeah, it was fucking pretty good. Well done." Yeah, get that guy back. And he can get you, and people buy him beers after he's done the yeah. song. Hey, man, that was it, fucking good. He have a he have a. Justin's not writing down songs for him. Going, hey. Get up there. Can you sing Danger Zone for us? Write that down. <laughs> can you, name on the card. Can you sing My Baby is a Centerfold? Can you do yeah, that one? Yeah, <laughs> spot on. Bit of Rick Springfield. Let's get him back here. Um, so that's the level of celebrity. Then that, then they got the next tier, which is your uh, former sports stars who need a bit of cash, yes. i.e. Barry Hall, Matt Rogers, and Stephen Bradbury. And Lord knows we've got plenty of them in this country. Yeah. Now, poor old Big Bad Buzzer, he must have not done well with his money over his career because he got paid a shit ton uh, by the Swans. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not fair. That Barry Hall was big still in the era when they weren't they weren't getting Buddy Franklin money. If you think about it, Barry not Hall money, but Barry Hall won his last Barry Hall won the premiership in two thousand and five with the Swans, right? He yeah. kept he kept playing for a few years after that, but he that was his like those years were his best years, like oh four, oh five, oh six. Um, and after that is when he got suspended for half a year for just walk for just fucking knocking a guy out on the field, just fucking punching him in the face of Brent Staker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Knocked him out, and then he went to the Bulldogs. You remember and played in a couple of semi-finals and stuff, but never he never recaptured it. But think about it, like um, Buddy Franklin, I think was drafted in two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight, and like yeah. so, Buddy Franklin's the guy who gets a million dollars a year to not even play. <laughs> like he just yeah. stays at home. He's getting paid a million a year by the Swans now to not even fucking play the game. Uh, Barry Hall retired like just before that big money for big forwards started happening. In yeah, a but way, he was still know. on a couple of hundred thousand a year, so he sure. wasn't on fucking. He wasn't. But he wasn't working on the side. That's fucking garbage yeah, now. Chump change now, but still a decent. I reckon he pissed all that away pretty quickly. Then he got a yeah. job at Triple M. He, he didn't. He didn't piss it he away. He for saying some sexist shit on air. He didn't piss it away for Vola quickly though. For Vola was no. Like, <laughs> for Vola, was fucking next away. level. Yeah. He, he knows how to piss away money. Fev, I love. Fev, I Fev, fucking love Fev. By the way, he's the goat. He's, he's a, the goat he's of pissing away coins. Exactly. He's um, the John Daly of the AFL. <laughs> 100%. Like in every way possible, personality and everything. Yeah. Like, fucking who cares? I'll fucking do what I want, mate. You know. <laughs> like if you lost a brain cell, he'd be in the negative. That's that's Fev. <laughs> He's solid. Love him. Um, so you got Barry Hall. Uh, he's been on a couple of different reality shows now. So he's like I said, strapped for cash. And then you had Stephen Bradbury, who fucking he's just known for other, everyone falling over, and he earns some cash on the side. Then we had the last. Yeah, you had the vintage demo. You had the the creme de la creme mm. uh, of old school Australian television. Okay. Denise Ding Dong Drysdale. That's right. I forgot about Ding Dong. Yeah. Ding Dong. Well, there's, there's our spectrum, right? You've got, you know, your eight, eight reality stars. Eight reality your stars. Three, <laughs> you've got, you've eight. got your three sports stars and you've got your Ding Dong. Um, 
So, <laughs> did hot dogs make it? Hot dogs? Where? Oh. I feel bad for. I want to see hot dogs back on TV, I want man. Back, and I want him to come back in like some gritty drama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want him to play a, a drug addict uh, detective. You know, yeah, <laughs> who's, who's, who Matt goes Ryan. around searching he, for child sex offenders, <laughs> and just gives like a Logie winning performance yeah. in his one role, yeah. and, but then takes it to method and ends up ODing in real life. Like that's the fucking that's the hot dog story I want to see. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so Damo, we're, we're going through the highs and lows yeah. of, uh, of Holy Moly, the celebrity edition. Yeah. And there was an injury. There was a fucking a casualty in oh, the middle. Someone of, got of, hurt on the show. Nice. Someone did. And it was fucking ding dong. And, and of course, like, she oh. broke a hip. She's 70 years old. Why is she <laughs> even older. out there in the first place? Definitely fucking older. So, yeah, I, I guess you're intrigued there because I'm assuming you didn't watch the show because no. you're saving it. For and a and if occasion. I can, if I can just quickly provide a little bit of context for American brothers yeah. and sisters, Denise Ding Dong Drysdale is somebody who was like 50 years old when our parents knew them. <laughs> you know, like in terms of celebrities that we only know, like anybody younger than myself and Greeno, we're in our late 30s now. Anyone younger than myself and Greeno wouldn't know who the fuck. Denise Drysdale is. They've never no, heard no her name idea. before. She used to like be on like little TV shows, a little bit part parts on radio for a while. Remember FM radio? She was pretty big on FM radio in the early nineties. She but- was on the Ernie Sigley show in nineteen seventy four. She was on Countdown from seventy four to eighty seven with Molly Meldrum. With Molly Meldrum, she was on Ernie and Denise in nineteen ninety two. Yes, I Ernie and Denise wasn't bad. It had its moments. It had she, its moments. She had a comeback in that in that. You know, era. For, yeah, for our American listeners, uh, uh, I liken Ernie Sigley to the Regis Philbin. Yes, of, uh, very TV. good call. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Nice, Gary. Uh, so yeah, that's Ding Dong. And now, uh, do you want to hazard a guess, Damo, as to how Ding Dong actually got injured on the Holy Moly set, which, which took her out of the competition? Uh, would it be walking up a set of stairs? No, Damo. Hmm. No, no. Uh, I'll give you three chances to guess. Oh, okay. All right. Was it jumping off a stage into some water? No, it was not, sir. Was it like, did she pull a hamstring on the backswing on the putt-putt course? (laughs) No, unfortunately, strike three. She was undone by chasing a guy in a gopher suit. Nice, Gary! She was chasing a guy in a gopher suit and tripped over her own feet and fucking smashed her shoulder up. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is holy moly, sir. The pinnacle entertainment when Denise Ding Dong Drysdale gets crucially injured by chasing a guy in a gopher suit. <laughs> it's the JJ Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police-stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry. If you need to cover your wall, it works. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and 
laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet, we also have the hat cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ! What are you fucking Asian, Dick Tracy? You. Why do you, why do you have to ruin my evening? Like I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, get, you gotta, you just gotta do that. You just do without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Welcome to The Starting Block. Follow on Twitter at The Starting Block. Drop the K at the end. Find the podcast on iTunes or on TAVshow.com. Yes, back of the block, ladies and boys and girls. Damon, I don't know how the fuck we do with her. We have nothing in the rundown, yet we are like a segment and a half behind an hour. Oh, no, yeah, I was just thinking that during the break, man, because like... uh, (laughs) My, I, the first thing I was going to say coming out of this break was uh, we're just completely throwing the rundown out this show because because we talk we crapped on so much about fucking food in the first segment and the first segment went for half an hour so now we're on the clock so um you know the holy moly celebrity edition that was your topic before the show BE's in the chat and uh, we discussed BE didn't send us a report this week which is fine that's okay I'm sure somebody else was in a horrific car accident or some other excuse um you know <laughs> whatever. No, he's been slipping, by the way. I don't know if you know this or not. Been slipping for quite some time. Um, you know, first first it was like, well, my work's too busy. Then, um, you know, his wife, his beautiful wife, Karen, it's not a tumour, was in a horrific car accident. And uh, he used that as an excuse. Like, he couldn't even be bothered, you know, doing a report from the side, you know, from her bedside in the hospital or anything like that. He had to look after the kids or whatever excuse he was using. So we've been going through a lot. Um, but th- so there's no BE report tonight. Fine, that's whatever. That's fine. That's okay. But however, so this gives us an opportunity to talk about some surprise stories. So I've got a nice little story for you, Green. Do you want to see a nice little story? <laughs> uh, Greeno's not there. Ah, oh, he'll come back. He'll come back. Here he goes. Are you there? I've got you. I can hear you, buddy. And he's dropped out. And now he's back. Can you hear me? <laughs> there he is. Can you, you hear me? There? I've got you now. I've got you now. I can hear you. Greeno. Greeno, buddy. All right. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. So I'm going to rejoin again. 
kicking Greeno out. There he is. Can you hear me? Hey, now we're back in action. Now yeah, we're back in action. Uh, modern technology. So as I was yeah. saying, there's no BE report this week. So this gives us an opportunity to do some surprise stories. So I thought I might surprise you with a story. Do you want to get a surprise story, Greeno? Love a surprise story, sir. All right. So let's check this out. Uh, do you know who Ella Ermhoff is? Ella Emhoff. Mm. Can't say it's in my Rolodex. Okay. Ella Emhoff is the stepdaughter of Vice President Kamala Harris. Okay. okay. So she's the daughter of this guy who Kamala Harris married, but she's not Kamala Harris's Kamala Harris's daughter. Kamala Harris is yeah. not. Okay. Vice President Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, who was recently signed to IMG Models, made her debut at the Proenza Shula Show on Thursday, Greeno. So she's now a professional model since since her stepmother has become vice president. Oh, nice. Okay. Now, like, obviously, hey, I, I don't care. I'm a very libertarian kind of guy. Um, you know, Greeno's not a libertarian, but he would. I think he would agree. Like, if you can make money doing something using the the gifts God gave you, you go out there and you get a girl, right? That's it. If you're a non-argo, fucking go nuts. Go nuts. So uh, mm. let's celebrate here. So this is Ella Ermhoff here, Greeno. Um, what do you think? Well, I can't see anything on the screen. All I'm seeing is your image. So, oh, hang on, hang on. Let me put that up there. Hey, there there you go. we go. There's Ella. Uh that's a that's a bit masculine, there, sir. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> that's very. Uh, I watched The Big Chill earlier this week, and that's, that's a film from the 1980s, yeah. and that's very reminiscent of a, a brunette Glenn Close. <laughs> In that, <laughs> in that film. So we're talking 19, 1980s kind of style. Well, Glenn Close uh, has got a lot of grace, though, Greeno. If we if we play uh, one of our old favourite games, Smash or Pass, that's a pass for me, Damo. That's a pass. Uh, and not just a regular pass, that's a hard pass. One month after Ella Emhoff, the stepdaughter of Vice President Kamala Harris and daughter of second gentleman Doug Emhoff, served mm. us very good coat at the inauguration in January. She's having another similarly coated fashion moment. You see, uh, I mean, obviously this this lovely young lady, and I'm sure she's lovely, but obviously yeah. she's totally deserving of a modelling contract and it has nothing to do with her stepmother of colour, <laughs> who also happens to be a vice president, uh, mm. becoming vice president, that being Kamala Harris. I mean, I mean yeah. look at this. This is just... This is just like supermodel energy right here. But it actually got me thinking. Now, have you, can you see her pretty good on the screen there? Can you? Well, that's not her. How about that? Now, can you see her pretty well there? Let's. Yeah, I can see her well there. Maybe that's I fine. can zoom in a little bit because no, I, don't I, think, okay, I don't okay. think it's necessary, sir. I, well, it's okay. no, I, th no it's, I think it is necessary because something occurred to me, Greeno, and I want to see this, see what you think of this. Who does this remind you of? Number one, number two. Number one, Tony. yeah, it looks, it kind of looks <laughs> number two, number one, number two, it's Tony Martin in a 1980s kind of, I reckon it looks like uh, Tony Martin in 1979 doing a stage recreation of the breakfast club. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, if look, you go back to like, <laughs> if you go back to early Tony Martin, he did have a curly kind of thing happening. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> There you go. Tony Martin, get a, get yourself a modeling contract. I know. But can't make sure that uh, one of your parents is the vice president. You'll be all good to go. You'll be good to oh, go. Done. Uh, Damo, this leads nicely into my next topic. Uh, hmm. Mardi Gras in Australia this Mardi weekend. Gras. 
Let's get um, fucking let's get fucking gay out here. That's it. Now, uh, is it different? I know there's Mardi Gras in New Orleans. That's the original Mardi Gras. Is it a similar kind of thing, or is that just a big party? Uh, no, the Mardi Gras in New Orleans, like, for example, there's things that happen at the Mardi Gras in New Orleans. So I've been told by a couple of Southerners that what happens in New, the Mardi Gras in New Orleans, like, let's say you're a young woman. Yeah. If, if, you, if you go to Mardi Gras in New Orleans and you see women walking around with bead necklaces. Beads. I do know this one, yep. So that means that you've flashed your tits. Flash your yeah. <laughs> so when you flash your tits, apparently you get bead necklaces. So you see some women walk around with like 50 fucking bead necklaces around yeah. their neck. That means Titties, just yeah. follow them around. Eventually you'll mm. see a tit yeah. if you just stick with it long enough. I think that's more of like a party, whereas the Sydney Mardi Gras is just about like, you know, it's about the queer and the fag stuff. It's yeah. <laughs> about getting out there. Faggots and niggas and niggas and faggots. Eddie Murphy, 1980s. Um, it's about, you know, well, it's it's way more, like, geared to the gay shit than the New Orleans yeah. one is. Okay. And, like, well, I, you that, know, that's all it is. to be fair, like, yeah, and can I just say this, like, straight off the top? Um, I don't really – Mardi Gras never really worried me. Like, I'd go out and have a fucking – it looks like a lot of fucking drinking and partying and shit. Yeah, like, that doesn't – I don't care. It's one It's one night a year, you know, like, all right? If all the fucking gay guys and all of the fucking dykes, they're, they're all going to go into Sydney and party. It's like, who cares? I'll fucking go in and drink cocktails too. Like, I won't fuck them, but I'll get – I'll you know, I'll have a good time. It doesn't that, – that kind of shit has never really worried me. But I know a lot of people, because some people will listen to this podcast or watch the replay, and a lot mm. of people will be like, oh, fucking homosexuals. So I've just never really cared about that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's you. just a fucking party. Who cares? The Mardi Gras itself, I'm not phased by it. You know, happy days. Yeah, go Enjoy for it. Yourself, have, yeah. have a big night out. Yep. More chance to hook up. That's my theory. Mm. You put 30,000 like-minded people in the same room, good luck. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, Damo. So we're obviously in the middle of COVID time, so fucking restrictions got to be in place. So yeah. this year, can't go down Oxford Street, no big Well, just, just one more thing. But, during Just one more thing. Yeah. During Mardi Gras, you always hear this argument. It's like, oh, there's a bunch of degenerate people out there trying to have sex. And I always think to – I always, like, say to those people, what, did you never once go to a nightclub? Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you have think, you fucking, what do you think nightclubs are? The nightclubs yeah. are just – that's where the straight people go to have sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really no different except nightclubs happen every fucking – every weekend throughout the year and this is one night mm. where they all go out and go, you know what, I'm going to dance around with glow sticks in a little fucking – in a, in a bikini bottom and, like, you know what, try to get laid. <laughs> well, yeah. everybody else does that every other weekend. Who gives a fuck? Come <laughs> yeah. to with you. Now, uh, they've decided, like, we can't do the Oxford Street Parade this year. No. COVID. COVID. Right yeah. But here's an idea. If only they were protesting, like, for um, Aboriginal rights or something, then yeah. then you could have, your you know, your gay sex orgy down the main street of Sydney and nobody oh, would. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Gay, well, no, gay sex okay. for gay sex for racial justice. Suck yeah. a black dick today to show Everyone's that you winner. send a message to those conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> they sucking a black dick. But they've uh, <laughs> they, gone. Look, let's let's make let's we're going to make it happen. But let's do it at the SCG because mm. if I think homosexuals, I think cricket grounds. That's the way I kind of you know you got the members end. Um, oh, you know, I get, those, get down to her members end and face a couple of balls. Yeah, spot on. So. Uh, <laughs> SCG. Now they've limited it to thirty thousand people, Damo. It's what? It's in the SCG. Yeah, they're going to do a big. It's basically going to be a big. Like, it's going to be like uh, a festival. Now, see, this is a problem because next time I go, oh, yeah, now it's a problem. Next, <laughs> yeah. Well, next time I go to the cricket, am I going to have to bring my own sanitizer, Greeno? 
How, will you really trust the cleanliness? I mean, the people that you've seen, the people that work at the SCG, seems like yeah. they hire a lot of like fresh immigrants who don't speak English. And like, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with the fresh immigrants that don't speak English. In my opinion, if they do a shitty job, that's just reward. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, fuck you, come, expecting me to come in here and clean up after this shit. I'm only going to clean every third chair. And then you'll, mm. you'll say something in your, you know, in your native language to your friends who have also been hired fresh out of the detention centre, <laughs> you know, to clean up after the gays in Sydney before the cricket comes back. <laughs> and, you know, you'll say, why should we fucking care about these people? Look what they've got us doing in here. Why are we here? Yeah. Why are we here? You know? I don't get it. But they, uh, my first question to you, Damo, is do you reckon the uh, SCG members get first crack at the tickets? Uh, well, they should because they're SCG members, Greeno. Excellent. All right. So they're going to get the first, you know, 10,000 to 30,000. Excellent. Uh, the- now- <laughs> such a fucking... <laughs> You're such a... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> next... Okay, 30,000 SCG. Yeah. Marty yeah. I'm all about restrictions, Damo. Fucking, I'm all about members. the rules. Yeah. I want to fucking stick with the rules. I'm all about the rules. I want to stick with the rules. 30,000 the SCG. Now, let's say my second wife dies tomorrow. <laughs> Is this right? the one that you've been wooing with the ragu? I'm wooing with the ragu. Right. I've, unfortunately, I've, sold, I've given her a dodgy ragu. She's died of food poisoning. Got to organize the funeral. Yeah. I'm sending the invite list, right? Yes. 30,000 the funeral, obviously. Mm. No. 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 300. What? Max. <laughs> Funerals. 300 maximum. Mardi Gras, 30,000. Nice, Gary. Once again, I have no problem with the Mardi Gras itself. Mm. If it was a complete different event, I had this. I, we, I fucking made the same joke, I think, with the fucking cricket yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah. 300 funeral, Mardi Gras, 30,000. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, like if it's, if it's any con, uh, consolation to you, Greeno, a lot more of the 30,000 will be attending funerals in the next few years. <laughs> We're only 300 of their friends can come. The irony, Damo. The irony. Nice. Um, we're going to end the that one, show. That one, that one might get me in trouble. I don't know. Yeah, we're in trouble in the world. <laughs> so far. Come on. Ah. You know I don't care, guys. Come on. Come on, fags. You know I like you. You know it's a gag. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We're going to do a T20 stat man in the show, Damo. Has right. uh, it? We don't give a fuck. <laughs> we don't care about T20 because it's fucking, it's a clusterfuck of a format. I it saw really somebody doesn't... tweeting about the T20 earlier today and they said, oh, Aaron Finch has scored. I'm like, wait, there's a game on? <laughs> I didn't know. I thought cricket was been over for a month. <laughs> we've, been playing, we've been playing a five match T20 series in New Zealand and ah, uh, I didn't even fucking know. <laughs> everyone was calling for Aaron Finch's head two games ago Why? and then he topped in the next two games. So, you know. How can, you, how can right? you? Oh, it's fucking why? So, Dave, so David Warner gets this pass where he can score fucking no runs for eight months and everyone's like, well, you got to keep him in the team. He's Warner. Whereas Aaron Finch is like literally the best fucking one day batsman and 2020 batsman. And you're like, ah, oh, we'll fuck him off after two games. Yeah, <laughs> no, he had, a, he had a bad big bash apparently, Damo. So you got to drop him, even right. though he's the captain. And then he scored. He's the a, a match. <laughs> <laughs> he scored like seventy-eight last week, uh, earlier this week, and he scored eighty-six tonight yeah. in a match-winning performance. Got man of the match as well. There you um, go. You know, yeah, this is why you don't listen to fucking 
cricket commentators. That's a big win. Yeah. No, for us though, after losing a fucking series at home against Indian, which is embar- in, in, against India, which is embarrassing as all fuck. Yeah. Um, losing at the Gabba, which is double. That's that's the worst. That was the biggest that's kick in the fucking yeah. nuts over the Australian summer. Was losing at the Gabba to mm. the, to that Indian team. It's a kick in the nuts. Um, yeah. I, I would have been far more comfortable with losing to the current New Zealand Test team at the Gabba. Because uh, you know, didn't recently the New Zealand well they they yeah they got to world number one. They're a fucking killer team. This Ooh, New Zealand Test team, yeah, fun so, to watch too. And, and I know twenty twenty is like different, but for us to get a couple of wins over there on their home patch in twenty twenty, that's a big confidence boost for our guys. I think we did lose the first two though. Yeah, I know, but to come back, I mean, that's what you see. What I'm saying, like to win the next yeah, two, yeah, to yeah. come back like that, that's a big fucking confidence because yeah, New Zealand is not and New Zealand aren't the easy beats. You know they're they're the one of the best teams in the they're world good, now, yeah. the Kiwis. So that's a really good win to get. It is, but it's T twenty. No one cares. No that's one cares. Point. I don't care really. I just think like it's a nice little boost. But yeah, test wise, are we playing them in a test match or what? What's happening? No, nothing. We're just going over to get some cash for T twenty and then moving back. Uh, Be saying in the chat, Kiwis need for, uh, seventy seven from twenty six. Be when is the next time we're playing New Zealand in a test match? Because it's got to be soon, doesn't it? No, because they've got the World Test Championship. Well, here's the thing. If England win uh, this fourth test against India, then we're going to play them in the World Test Championship is the next test. So that's your answer answer to your question. Does does Uh, that count as an Ashes test? Ashes? Yeah, yeah. So if we play England. No, no, no. England's playing India at the moment. Yeah. And if England beat India. Yeah. Then it means we we go up to second in the World Test Championship, Behind and New we Zealand. then play, then we then play New Zealand right. for the title of the Test Championship. Ah, right. Well, just so then, just you, do you see what I was getting at though? Like, if we have yeah, to play, well, just say yeah, I know, but just say we have to play England one day in this World Test Championship final. Would that Ashes. count as an Ashes Test? Because aren't all tests between be. aren't they all Ashes Tests? Australia versus England. Yeah, it have to be, no doubt. So how would you how would you fucking work that? So you play one test in a five match series, and then six months later play the rest of the series. No, I assume that it's an actual test series that happens between the one and two. So I think you just you play. I thought it, it was a one off. Nah, you can't. Surely you can't decide the test. Be be if you're listening, is the final of the World Test Championship a one off or is it a series? Because if it's a one off, it's a fast demo. Fast. Bass. <laughs> um, that reminded me. Be sent some flashbacks from 2012 from our show, with uh, where we had the twat ship. Do you remember the twat, the twat ship? ship. Yeah. Um, wasn't that when we were talking about? Because we used to have a segment back then, like tr- telling telling football players to get off Twitter. That was one of our segments, right? Telling sports stars to get off Twitter. Get off it. Get yeah. on the twat. Yeah, so we would yeah. read their tweets and get off. Yeah, get off the listenership and get on the twat ship. Because you're you're an absolute twat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but he said that true because the the, uh, the actual segment had be, then it had uh, it's not a tumor. It's not then a tumor. it had twat ship. Yeah, so it was, it was a go. nice little nice little moment there for we'll the family. Find, I do have all like all those old radio shows like when we first started, but you have the old audio. But they, they've disappeared off Podbean. No, no, well, yeah, they disappeared off Podbean because we didn't re uh, re-sign an account and yeah. then we had to like recreate a new account and all that kind of shit. But 
I have them on an old hard drive, but the hard mm-hmm. drive I can't uh, I can't power up the hard drive. I can't turn it on. So there's Ooh. something it's something broken with the hard drive. But part of me still thinks like just say I rock up to a computer store one day or something and say, "Hey, can you retrieve this like a spy show?" You know, I'll like find a way. Yeah, I found I found this hard drive. It was it was tucked in, in you know behind a fucking painting at the Mona Lisa. That's okay. Can you get the information? Can you salvage it? Tell me, Smith. Can you save this operation? Just I need more time, sir. You know, I, I imagine that kind of thing going on in the computer yeah. shop when I drop off this hard drive. But I'm sure I can get it off there eventually. I'm sure Beautiful. I yeah. And it'd be worth every second of listening to 2012 of the block. <laughs> The twat ship. Uh, I wasn't doing. I was doing stat man, wasn't I? Yeah, how about this? West Indies versus Sri Lanka. Uh, Akila Danajaja's second over. Nice pronunciation, about- mate. I'm a bit far off. <laughs> nice, Gary. Danajajas. Akila Danajajas. Akila Danajajas. Now this this sums up 2020, right? So here's his his second over. Four wicket, wicket, wicket. The motherfucker got a hat trick yeah. after going. Four, yeah. one, then four. So he's gone for nine off the over and he's got a hat trick. Fucking this guy must have some skill. Three wickets, three balls. Unbelievable. Yeah. Here's his next over, Damo. Six, 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 six. <laughs> six. He oh, went for 30. No. He took a hat trick one over. The next over he went for 36 runs. Six sixes off the next. So a hat trick followed by six. That's got to be a. I don't think that's, that's ever record. happened that before. Never happened. Wow. Holy shit. That was my favorite stat man of the Can week. Can you think of the last time someone went for six sixes? It's got to be like 20 years, 30 years not, or something. Not 20, not in the current day and age. It's happened 30 years know, ago. In the, last, in the last few years, but. Six sixes yep. in a row. I don't know. It doesn't happen yeah. very often, man. Not very often, but it's happened more recently than you think. But a hat trick and then six sixes off your next over never happened. Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) You're on top of the world, and I'd rather get hit for six sixes first and then take the hat trick. After Uh, you know, I don't want to take the hat trick first up and then get smacked around because, like, that's all anyone will remember. (laughs) (laughs) Poor fucking guy. Nice, Gary. What a story. What a stat man. Well done. Great stat man. Let's end the show on that stat man. Uh, Greeno just dropped out. Plugs. Follow Greeno at the starting block one where we drop the K at the end. Follow myself uh, at Boogie Bumper. I'll be back tonight at 6 p.m. East Coast time with another edition of the Daily Blugs, Boogie. Please, sir. Uh, Blugs, please, sir. You just came back. We've ha- we're having a lot of shit with Discord tonight for some reason. I don't know why. You uh, told me there was going to be no issues tonight. You're on the new fucking you're on the computer. <laughs> good to go. That's the exact opposite of what I told you. Yeah. You're such a sneaky, <laughs> sneaky son of a bitch. Uh, follow this sneaky son of a bitch, Greeno, at the starting block when we drop the gate in. Follow me at Boogie Bumper. Follow our friends, Brad in the chat, uh, Unity Troy, uh, Granny Sears, of course, and everyone else. And that's about it, Greeno. All right. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. We'll always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters, and pals. We'll always be bosom buddies If life should reject you There's me to protect you If I say that your tongue is vicious If I call you uncouth It's simply that Who else but a bosom buddy Will sit down and tell you the truth 
patriots. This is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censor, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> Just going to interrupt the outro. Greeno, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, still here. All right, so we're going to fill everybody in because BE has been fucking busy in the chat. Uh, it's a one-off final, so that answers that question. It's not a series. Oh, it's a one-off. New Zealand are already in it. They'll play either Australia or India. India have to yeah. avoid defeat against England to make it. If England win, we get in, which makes me think that England will fucking toss the game. <laughs> oh, of course they will. <laughs> the tanking, Rishat Pant just scored 50. <laughs> so there you go. England is going to England is going to do the ultimate fucking English thing, which is fucking throw away a game just to prevent us from making the final. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> You're listening to The Starting Block on TAVshow.com.